Welcome to the podcast that four out of five proctologists recommend. Welcome to AU Radio. Is that provable? It is. <laughs> with us as always, our panel of nerd experts, starting with the man, the myth, the legend, it's Corey Dunbar. Today. Today. <laughs> they'll, they'll change it to something else later. Hi. <laughs> He's been accused of having way too many issues, back issues, and graphic novels. He's George. Hey! <laughs> Don't make him angry. You wouldn't like him when he's angry. It's Ian. Can I get just the sad piano music? And walk <laughs> walking away. That would have been a good one. She can name every Catwoman in chronological order, and she thought Halle Berry was one of the good ones. It's Emily. I'm against this. <laughs> she's been called a Spitfire and a Firecracker, mainly because we're not sure what she's going to explode on us next. It's Katie. That's my favorite one. Hi, everybody. I thought Firecracker was reserved for, like, Puerto Rican baseball players. <laughs> they always refer to him as a firecracker. Can, can we say that? Let's go easy over there, squirrely dude. <laughs> he once called Silent Bob that chatty feller. It's Travis. <laughs> I, I just really wanted to sit there with, with, with Nothing. silence. <laughs> Hi. Hi. This is some dope cheese fries, yo. <laughs> and I'm your plucky sidekick, Donnie, as always. And this is episode 42, Life, the Universe, and Everything. You better bring a towel because it's going to get crazy today. We have two washcloths. Uh, <laughs> I brought a paper towel. We tried. Hey, that's close. C minus. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody tried. Nobody tried. I tried. I brought books. You mm-hmm. did bring books. So, so this... Yeah, this episode we're actually going to talk about those books that have endeared us over the years, kind of made us into the nerds we are, um, those crazy zany books that we really enjoy that maybe you've never heard of. Um, if you've got a series that you've heard of, write in, let us know. We're always looking for new stuff to read. So Indeed. Well, mm-hmm. since we're starting off with Light the Universe and Everything, Hitchhiker's mm-hmm. Guide is a great starting point. Yes. Mm-hmm. Which I find the history of that thing to be interesting because it's, it's a media... It encompasses a lot of different branches of, you know, the arts. Well, starting with the radio play. Started as the radio play, turned into a book, became a TV series, turned into a comic book, turned into a... I mean, it's been everywhere, right? Yeah. I didn't know know there was a comic. Did a... Did a, I might be making that up. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it was serialized in like old whatever old th- British magazine that Doctor Who honestly, used to get published in. Honestly, I think when mm-hmm. the movie came out, there was at least a miniseries. That would make sense. I remember yeah. seeing Alan Rickman's robot. Marvin. Oh, nice. Marvin. I, I ask because I would want to read that comic. Yeah, me too. <laughs> is is it is am I the only one that cannot read it without hearing Stephen Fry's voice as the narrator? Oh no, it's physically impossible. Yeah. I just am perpetually connected to that voice being... He reads the audiobook, and mm-hmm. he was the narrator of the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so it just, I don't know, it just kind of encompasses that. That movie was... I'm, I have mixed emotions on it. Because on one hand, I feel like they, they nailed certain aspects of right. that. And then, um, oh, who was it? Who was the, the glasses guy with the upper torso? Um, Malkovich, Malkovich, Yeah, there Malkovich. you go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> that whole bit. Which I know they made him up for the movie, but it's... No, it was dumb. Unusual. I didn't like that part. <laughs> I do. I did like the. I did like the everybody in his congregation saying a chew and then him going bless you. <laughs> how, how that was the, great. Um, how was, oh, what's the the other um, Douglas Adams series that they? Um, it was a comic book. Dirk they, Benton. Yeah, Dirk, Dirk Gently. Yeah, there you go. Um, how's that doing? Is that comic still running? I I think it's still running. Travis, do you remember ordinary last month? No, I haven't seen it for a while. Okay. 
if you've got Hulu, they've actually got the the television series on there, and so, that's it's amazing if you're inebriated in some way. <laughs> it is. It's oh. a cool show, but it's bizarre. It's very. It's very. You could tell it was Douglas Adams. Like in the first episode, you're like, this has got a very. Oh yeah, I know what this is. Feel to it because some of the stuff that happens, you're it's the only writer that would get away with that. And did you know he wrote a bunch of like nature books? Mm-hmm. I, I didn't know that for a long time, and then I stumbled across some when I was working at the Book Juggler. And it's just as funny. He His writing style is his writing style. It's just sardonic and insane. And But this him writing about like polar bears in this same fashion, because he went on... He went on these excursions that went and checked out animals all over the planet. Do you know if it was before or after he wrote uh, Hitchhiker's Guide? Both. Oh, like during yeah, he okay. did it the whole time. Oh, it he did some. Me. He did some. There's one a really good one about African animals. Oh, nice! I'll have to check those out. Yeah, I was a little offended when um, the uh, the guy that writes Artemis Fowl or yeah, didn't he pick up after Douglas Adams died? He started writing the series again. He. Uh, Oh, what's the name of it? Couldn't tell you. All I can think of is mostly void, but that's oh, mostly guys. harmless. Yeah. Mostly oh. harmless. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. After that one, I think is when he picked up. But I, I stopped following the series after that. It kind of went some strange places. Have you read all the books in the series? Oh yeah. Ugh. Even up through the Salmon of Doubt and. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yep, that'd be the one. I when I when I read it, I was actually reading the Wheel of Time, and I got to like book five. I want to say. And I couldn't find a bookstore in town that had book six, so I had to order it. And I had this, like, two-week period, and I was like, ah, I'll just pick up Hitchhiker's Guide. So I read all of those in the interim, and talk about a tonal shift. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, my God, dude. If you go from if you go from the Wheel of Time to, like, uh, the restaurant at the end of the universe, like, you can't wrap your brain around that. <laughs> It made it impossible to go back. Like I never finished the wheel of time. Oh, wow. <laughs> but I mean, like the, as those books, man. Uh, so long and thanks for all the fish. And mm-hmm. oh man, the story together is just—it's not cohesive, and it ends up with the destruction of the universe like multiple times. Yeah, and it's Spoilers so good. Everybody. <laughs> you know, one of the things I appreciate it though is it—it it does have that stream of consciousness feel to it. Where, on one hand, if you're looking at it from an objective standpoint of like traditional storytelling you're right it's incoherent but if you limber up and just kind of go with it then it turns into this kind of fun wacky experience of like oh it's perfect i'm at the fridge and they're talking about a sentient fridge that's strange (laughs) (laughs) well you talk about stream of consciousness it even has a literal stream of consciousness when the the potted plant turns into a whale and he's like discovering things he's like what's that (laughs) wishing by me i'll call it wind (laughs) I, you know, honest, uh, Hitchhikers didn't really inform that much of my early book uh, fascination. I started with Redwall, actually, was one of the first <gasps> series that I really Aww. jumped off into. And so much so that I actually wrote the uh, the author, Brian Jacques. Jacques. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Wrote him a letter. Uh, you know, just did, this was in, I think, second grade, maybe, or third grade or something like that. And just this, you know, hey, I'm a fan. I like the mice. And... He wrote back, which was great, because I have this envelope that's postmarked from wherever he's at in Britain. Oh, rad. Just this awesome script, which 
he would have to have, of yeah. course. He probably didn't write the letter, but <laughs> he signed it. That's cool. That's awesome. That's really good. What about you, Donnie? Hi. <laughs> I was like, I never read. <laughs> so, earliest books that I remember, I I think I've touched on before. Um, my dad gave me a uh, box set of Lord of the Rings when I was in second, third grade. Oh, my God. And it's I've still got it. And nice. It, understanding how I lived my 20s and 30s, the fact that I still own a possession from when I was a kid is amazing. I've held on to this thing forever. And it's it's in no shape to be read. When he gave it to me, there's black electrical tape holding the third book together. Oh but but <laughs> A, it's the only gift that I remember my father actually personally giving me every you know he yeah they bought presents but mom was always the one to go out and get mm-hmm, them mm-hmm. that is the first thing he, he ever gave me and it was one of the few things that we could ever bond over he was big into like louis lamore books yeah mm-hmm. all the old westerns all that type of stuff and he got me into that at a really young age um and then after that i think the first series i really really started getting into and now that i i look back at, at it i'm like eh. but it was ender's game Speaker for the Dead, mm-hmm. and then I found out who Orson Scott Car- 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 really <laughs> was, and, yeah. and it, it, it hurts because I really love to recommend, mm-hmm. you know, that that book to people, but yeah. I can't. At this and then point you're anymore. like, wait a minute, he filled in for Sean Hannity. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ender's Game was like one of the most important books I ever read. Exactly, yeah. and, 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 and to this day, it's yeah. still a fundamental yeah. book, but. Because but I of who don't he recommend is, it to anybody. No, yeah, I don't want to give him any more money. So. Did anyone see the movie? Yeah, I, I like the movie. Oh. I, I thought it was really interesting. It was. I liked the movie for the movie. Right. I, I, I yeah. wouldn't compare it to the book by no. any means. But as a standalone, I always say the sci-fi is one of those genres that you have to embrace what comes along, mm-hmm. because either it's going to be god awful. Or if you compare it to the book, it's going to be awful. But if you just accept it as a good sci-fi movie, mm-hmm. there's a lot of good ones out there if you don't compare them to the books. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Unfortunately, you know, unlike, unlike fantasy where it can translate well from the page to the screen, sci-fi... There's I, a lot of things you got to touch on. Exactly. Yeah. There's a lot of things you got to touch on. There's a lot of special effects. There's a lot of things that end up getting cut. A lot of technical specs that you're reading about, you know, and... I thought they had a really good moment at the end of that movie. Yeah. Like, I, they added some stuff. That movie was, like, they clearly wanted to tell it a different way and then kind of, like, lost their nerve and right. just started, like, cherry-picking <laughs> important moments from the book. And I'm like, those are important moments, but now they don't work in this setting. <laughs> but, yeah. man, it was some good acting, though. So that was that was my high school books. Those were the ones I was really digging in. And now there's a series by uh, Scott Lynch called the, the Gentleman Bastard series. The first book's called Liza Lacklemora. Hmm. And it's basically if you like heist movies like Ocean's Eleven in a fantasy realm, every single book is just a giant heist. They're amazing. Yeah, and unfortunately, book four was due out in 2016, and he's gone completely radio silent since 2016. So, mm-hmm. unfortunately, mm-hmm. he's kind of left everybody hanging on that. Kind of like almost every fantasy novel well, <laughs> I get into anymore. So that that <laughs> series much. started right around the same time as well. It, it actually a little bit before. Uh, King Killer. King, yeah, exactly. And, uh, there's I've, a lot of comparisons to Name of the Wind and and Liza Lachlamora. There is, uh, and it's and it's mostly like, oh, there's a similar story about a vagabond kid growing up in the city. And there's a lot more swearing in the Gentleman Bastards, but <laughs> <laughs> well, that and uh, there's a lot more humor, I think, to the, the Gentleman Bastards. Oh yeah, 
I think King Killer kind of takes itself way too seriously at times. It's I love that series, but he he writes to the point where, especially for me, I love a linear story. And with King Killer jumping from a story into another story into a third story to tell a fourth story, you kind of lose yourself there. You're like, okay, you could have told this a lot quicker. <laughs> Breadcrumb trails. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. It's sad when stories like that kind of taper off because <clears throat> one of my favorite authors is uh, Clive Barker. And yeah. he did, I think it was The Great and Secret Show. Oh, I love The Great and Secret Show. And then Everville. And I thought there was supposed to be There's a supposed number. to be a third one. Yeah. And so I, I've been kind of holding out for that one. Although he's he's kept himself busy. I haven't read any of the uh, the Aberat. I tried to get into Aberat, which is his kind of young adult series that he started writing. Yeah. And I just couldn't do it after. I felt he felt like he was starting to get derivative of his own work, mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. you can say that about an author. No, yeah. I think that happens mm-hmm. a lot. Honestly, yeah. uh, with Patrick Rothfuss and the, the Kingkiller Chronicles, he's flat out said that he's been dealing with depression. He has no idea where this last book is going. He's kind of upset that he can't finish it. He has flat out said that he's sick of the fans mm-hmm. hounding about it. He doesn't want to finish the book at this point. Yeah. Which, <sighs> exactly. That's so heartbreaking. But I mean, and he's he is, such a nice man. Yeah, well, and, well, he's lost his mother recently, and then dealing with rewrite after rewrite after mm-hmm. rewrite on this third book. He's he wants the series to continue after that third book, you know, with other characters. I think he's more excited about starting those than he is trying to wrap this this last book. Well, up. I, and yeah. that's what happens with any. I mean, artists, especially authors, they get pinned in to what the fans expect, you know, of mm-hmm. of their work, and that's. I mean. It kind of sucks. It's not fair. But at the same time, I mean, you've given us something. We want more. We're clamoring for more. Mm-hmm. And so it's it's that, you know, I'd rather you take his time and give me something amazing than crank out, you know. Well, it would be difficult. At a certain point, I mean, with it, I haven't ever written any um, it prose, long-form fiction, that sort yeah. of thing. But you do get to a certain point where your writing starts to kind of almost dictate what your life is mm-hmm. in a weird sort of way and so i i can kind of get behind that whole idea of like yeah, i'm depressed and my writing is kind of taking me further down that path yeah so i need to back up yeah. yeah i think all of us are kind of the epitome of like super fans and all we ever want to do is encourage another encourage the creators to keep doing what they're doing and like what they're doing so when we hear other people doing the opposite and ruining it for us i feel like it hurts on such a different level is the thing like you want to be a really good fan you want to not be that guy so whenever you hear the masses being that guy to the point where it makes stop being a jerk (laughs) not want to do it anymore it's awful yeah i think of that in all fandom yeah but to a point but then when you've got the creator himself going well i don't owe you the fan anything He's gotten to that point mm-hmm. in, in his relationship with, with, with his fans. You need to take a step back at that point and yeah. say, this is what mm-hmm. made you. I know you don't owe them anything, but you should at least be appreciative that they're still clamoring for your work. Right. I don't I, think he's not. No, yeah. no, he said flat out in an interview that he does not owe them anything. Sure, but and, that's not that's not what I mean. It's... It, he he does like his fans a lot. He hates having to deal with the 
the book three questions, which are right. unending. But yeah. he wouldn't continue to go to conventions and see his fans mm-hmm. and do signings and do all those things. Of course, that's how he makes money his while money. not putting out a book. Exactly. I think the part of that is the social media end of it. That's sure. just I, a huge yeah. component in oh, all yeah. Yeah. writing now. And I think a lot of it, too, is the publisher's fault for going, oh, this book will be ready July 2016. Right. And he's yeah. like, right. I'm in chapter I'm, two. Yeah, never said right. that. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, he can't even like he's a nice personal person. He wants to promote his book, promote his events. And then he logs onto Twitter every day and <laughs> yeah, yeah, 15 yeah. million people scream at him about book three. That must be just absolutely. Uh, and, yeah, I've seen yeah. a lot of entertainers that honestly, I think they need to stay away from their own social media. Yeah. Will Wheaton. Awesome oh, guy. <laughs> until he gets onto his Twitter and starts reading comments. He won't post anything positive. Anybody says you know to him or about him. But every single troll that trolls him, oh yeah, he puts them up on his front page, yeah, which then feeds. Hilarious. No, because <laughs> I they, love he's dealing with depression Twitter. because of this. You know, it's cannot mm-hmm. imagine that that is mentally healthy for anybody. Nobody, That's absolute poison for your mindset. Uh-huh. And, and when you're, toxic. I mean, when you are dealing, because he, he was just recently diagnosed with, I can't remember exactly, bipolar or mm-hmm. severe depression, mm-hmm. but just went on to meds for it and then decides. You know, he's going to become a political rabble rouser. And, oh, yeah, anyway, so shut up, Wesley. He tells them to basically go screw themselves and blocks them. That just feeds the trolls. Mm -hmm. So. I love it. Don't be that guy. (laughs) Don't be that guy, people. Yeah. Well, Crusher's upset. (laughs) (laughs) See? I'm of the mind that it's it's his Twitter and he can do what he wants with it. Right. (laughs) Hey, we've we've seen on a very large scale what Twitter can do for people. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It doesn't stop any. We don't need a soundboard anymore. Corey's our soundboard. That's okay. I'm just glad you did it and I didn't have to. What's funny is whenever I do that, all I can think of is the the Jack Lemmon, James Garner movie. Oh, right. Where they were both former presidents. American presidents. American presidents. And they both had lyrics that they had put to Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) It's like, hail to the chief. I'm the chief. Chief and I need hailing. So George, what do you got for books? Uh, I got a few. Uh, that's this one's not. This is for this is for the corner. <gasps> the corner. But um, <gasps> a little bit off the uh, path of what you guys have been going on. Um, an adult uh, thing that has really been doing it for me lately um, has has been. I'm sure I'm not alone at this table. But Welcome to Night Vale is a wonderful podcast that mm-hmm. everybody uh, should try once you're done listening to the weekly episode of AU Radio. Um, but they're biweekly, so that you they get them are every two weeks. They are, so you don't have to, you know, you don't have to skip on them every, you know, every single week. While first. you're waiting for us to put an episode right. out, listen to them. Yeah, <laughs> um, but they have two novels now, uh, and both of them are weird, wonderful, and just crazy. Uh, they you can <laughs> kind of gets away from the book thing, but you can actually get a um, an audio book where the narrator of the podcast narrates the books. Uh, about right. the podcast. About the podcast. Well, about the town <laughs> that the podcast it, is it's about. Better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, they just take a they take kind of like just people from this strange, crazy town of Nightvale and just tell kind of a normal story about these people living their lives in this crazy desert. And, and so, <laughs> Nightvale is this you know small town where all conspiracy theories are real. Yep. <laughs> but you can't help but connect to it. Yeah. Living in the Tri Cities. Oh yeah, it very much <laughs> feels like. I think he's talking about here. <laughs> oh no, for me it's been. I think he's talking about me. 
right now. I have a neighbor named Steve, and I hate him. <laughs> like the sheriff's secret police. Mm-hmm. I uh, I might have to snag that uh, paper bag. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's I we've said it before on the podcast. It's Gravity topic? Falls no. meets Parks and Rec meets Lovecraft. Is how I describe it, and it's it's a good trifecta. It's a really good. I got to say mm-hmm. that the cover of the uh, the the hardback there looks like um, it devours Looney Tunes meets the Sarlacc. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to totally. see Porky Pig or Boba Fett pop out of there. That's all, folks. Dude, Porky Pig <laughs> as Boba Fett. <gasps> yes. If you go to their uh, their website, their storefront, you yeah. can actually get a pillow of of, of the that. devourer's mouth. Yes, you can. <laughs> yes, you can. Oh, oh that's dude. awesome. So, uh, so to back get back to the the point and the topic and whatnot, it's it's been the source of literature and weirdness and whatnot that's kind of fueled. Like, if I really don't know what I'm going to do with my evening, I can just put on Night Vale or the, one of these audiobooks mm-hmm. and just kind of get lost in whatever it is that I want to be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a nice little escape. Nice. Well, that, yeah, that brings up an interesting point. Do you guys prefer reading or audiobooks? Or is there a certain type of each that you prefer? It yet really, really genuinely depends. Mm-hmm. Some like... some of the speakers are just they're horrible. Oh, <laughs> the yeah, writers yeah. are terrible. Yeah. People oh, yeah. who swallow all the time are like, <laughs> oh, sorry. I tell Ian this. <laughs> I will throw up on you. I know. <laughs> it's so awful. So the guy, the guy that reads uh, the audiobook for Game of Thrones... Is oh, I was going to mention him, Roy Detrice. Yeah, is is pretty amazing. He is a, he is phenomenal. He's in, he's in the Guinness Book of World Records for the most unique voices acted in a single audio production of a book. Ooh, fascinating! It's, <laughs> I think it was fifty three, and it was a uh, Storm of Swords. That's awesome! Wow, yeah, yeah. he's a really really good narrator. <laughs> awesome. I'm I'm listening to, um, I got the audio book for and. Emily's not going to like it, but uh, (laughs) it's called The Secret History of Star Wars. I don't know. I just don't care. (laughs) (laughs) It's this really cool, like, basically this guy was like, wait a minute, George Lucas's stories keep changing. (laughs) What? He was like, ah. So he went back and, like, dove through hundreds of thousands of interviews and articles with everyone ever associated with any aspect of Star Wars and cobbled together the, the true story. And then he hired this voice actor who does the single greatest, yeah, air quotes. <laughs> but this guy who does the single greatest. Air quotes. <laughs> the Sorry. best George Lucas impression I've ever heard. <laughs> and so every time he quotes George Lucas, he drops into Lucas's voice. And it's the, I don't, it just cracks me up. <laughs> But he also does Harrison Ford. He does Mark Hamill. He does everybody's voices, and it's hilarious. That's pretty cool. So how about you, Emily? What books did you bring us? Well, I brought some recommendations. Um, A few books that I really want to talk about I don't actually own anymore. Um, But when I was young, probably the thing that, like, shaped me the most is... Ender's Game, which don't buy it, don't give him any money. Um, <laughs> and also another book that I can't, an author that I can't really recommend anymore. When I was ten, I like chewed through all of the Vampire Chronicles by Anne Rice. Oh yeah, and I loved them so much up till book five. Oh no, I was just going. I just <laughs> loved every single because I just you know like it was like history that I didn't know, and I got to go to places I'd never heard of, and 
it was really exciting. And then I reread them as an adult and I was like, that is a lot of like mm-hmm. sex that I did not pick up on. That is a lot more than hugging. R.I.P. Yep. So, yeah. Aaliyah. <laughs> no, right up through like I, I mm-hmm. up till Memnock the Devil. Yeah. I could hang. And then Memnock, I was like, oh, yeah, it broke no. my brain. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was a rough I read. Was, yeah. No, I was with them up until... What, Merrick? Is that the one where she started combining the witches? Because yeah. I, I read The Witching Hour and it like, oh my God, that took years from my life. I hated it <laughs> so much. It just it was so boring. <laughs> uh, anyway, but you know, now Anne Rice is a crazy person. So, Did you ever read her beauty series? No, but one of my very good friends did. I, I, we'll I'm save that wife. for the for the after dark episode. I'm on my <laughs> fifth copy of those books. Oh my! I don't want to know. <laughs> I give them away. Yeah, oh sure. I, I, no, yeah. Same. I I've had like three no. three box sets, and they they get loaned out, and they never come back. So. No, I just I don't. Give them I don't away. think yeah. I'd want them back. No, no. they're good books though. <laughs> That. For those of you that are not sure what we're talking about, Anne Rice Look wrote a series. Basically, it was Fifty Shades of Grey with beauty. Oh, don't don't even yeah, you. don't bring that in here. I didn't want to get really explicit, you. but it... <laughs> Look at Georgie's blushing. I have no idea. I'm not blushing. <laughs> My cheeks are naturally rosy. That's right. his face, Donnie. So, what books did you bring up? Oh, I brought so um, so books I would like to talk about. Um, so, if we're talking about just like nerdy, quirky books, um, one of the books I really wanted to bring, um, which I have given away, or I borrowed someone borrowed it and didn't give it back, is I recommend everyone reads um, The Rook by Daniel O'Malley. That book is so good. It's so good. Like it reads like Harry Potter. So it's like Harry Potter for grown-ups. So if you grew up loving Harry Potter, you were going to love this book. Um, it's basically like imagine if James Bond was a woman and was in charge of the X-Men. Yep. But Ooh. also had amnesia. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. Go on. I, I want you to do like two or three more additions to that just to see. That's a goes. pretty spot on. It's really good. It's very British. Like um, it's a little slow at the beginning, but you're getting that like that feel I felt that feeling when you were finally like learning about like Hogwarts for the first time and you because mm-hmm. she has amnesia so she gets to learn about it with us yeah. <laughs> about this secret like part of MI6 that essentially that she works for hmm. um, and it is just it's 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 so good he have wrote you it, read Stiletto I didn't because I don't want to I don't want to ruin it right the was so perfect <laughs> I'm so, in the exact same book. I know I know so, so Daniel O'Malley I mean like they're really good characters it has a really good mystery going on because basically um, the main character her name is Miffany and you're she's <sighs> trying to figure out why she has amnesia she basically the book starts at the very beginning where she's just kind of like standing in a park it's raining and there are just bodies around her and she's like I don't what? what? Mm. Huh? This and is new. Yeah, like she's like has no idea what's going on. So it's raining. She's cold. She puts her hand in the pocket of her coat and she pulls out a letter, and it says to Miffany, and it's from Miffany. She's like, <gasps> I knew this would happen. Oh my god, it's so freaking good. I'm so enthralled. Like, yeah, no, Marty McFly. So anyway, and then it, it the book ended. It it wasn't like it was the first book of a trilogy. Like it ended. It was done. Right. It, you could have gone anywhere. Um, and but he decided to write a sequel about two to three years later. Mm-hmm called stiletto which i have not read and from my what i know does she's not actually i don't think miffany's in it i don't much. know it's sitting on my shelf i've never read it yeah i, I know bought it, it's, it's it in my house too and yeah. i'm like i don't want to <laughs> <laughs> um other books that i brought um just since for the universe and weirdness um i brought uh johan cabal um the necromancer oh, i love that book it's so good by jonathan l howard um it is just i th- it's for fans i would say like if you like good omens 
Yes. You're going to love this book. This is about uh, Johan Cabal, who is a necromancer, except um, he got his power for necromancy by selling his soul to the devil, but it turns out he needs his soul to make it work. Hmm. So he goes, he literally goes into hell, and it's the, the best, best hell. It's the oh, best hell. Cool. <laughs> it's so good. It's like the good place. <laughs> like, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really good. Oh my gosh. Yeah, anyway, so basically, long story short, the devil thinks it's hilarious and that he's very ballsy for asking for his soul back. And gives him a traveling carnival and says, go get me, I think it's a thousand. A thousand souls. A thousand souls with this carnival on a train. That's awesome. And bring it back to me in a year. And so he goes and he gets his brother, who's a vampire. Yeah. That you didn't, It just he just goes into oh. the crypt and he's like, oh, come here, my vampire brother that's down here. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> what? Huh? That's awesome. Yeah, you're coming with me. You're coming with me. <laughs> it is a dope book. I love that book. It is really fun. So if you like that sort of like, so Hitchhiker's Guide, Good Omens, if you're that kind of fan, you should definitely check out Johan Cabal. And then last but not least, for fans of like true, true sci-fi, I brought The Three-Body Problem. By oh, I'm gonna butcher this. By Lao Shizan, I think is how you say his name. I remember yeah. Lao Shizan. Who speaks Mandarin here? Anybody? <laughs> nope. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. Oh no, you just like Mandarin. Duck. Oh yeah. So <laughs> anyway, uh, this won the Hugo Award. This is like um, basically this is the trilogy. I think they call it the Dark Forest trilogy. This is the first book, and this is I hope you like astrophysics. And Ooh. time travel and aliens, because basically, um, I I picked this because similar. If you like Ender's Game, you're gonna. This is like the grown up smart version mm. of Ender's Game, because basically it starts out we're kind of going back and forth between 1960s China and current day China, and um, there's footnotes at the bottom. They did a really good translation because most of us don't know Chinese history, so they kind of That's point cool. you in. The, yeah, it's really good. Basically, it's a first contact story about aliens, and most of the clues are being found via a video game that the entire world is playing and all these like astrophysicists start killing themselves because they see and basically humanity just like the aliens come and humanity like freaks out they can't handle it dope it's so good it's so good <laughs> it um broke my brain it's really it's 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 a bit of a challenge but you guys you, you should definitely read it yeah that one i was just reading about that yes actually. it's so good is that the one that amazon's producing a i don't talk about amazon <laughs> that's probably Ooh. good because they're paying a billion dollars to produce that Really? Yeah. I'm sad now because I really yeah. want to see it. But I'm not if Amazon Between does that it. and the the Lord of the Rings thing that they're producing, they're sinking mm. a small Dude, fortune. What is Bezos to... doing? Small He's got money to dollars. burn. He's like, yeah. becoming a super villain. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously. I don't know. God Amber. bless him for that. <laughs> He's, I mean, going, He's going like full Luther. No, no. Well, first no. off, Elon I... Musk is going full Luther. I was Come on. Say, that's no, yeah, and flamethrowers. So then who is Scarelli? Oh, Screlly, no, he, he screwed up. He's small time. He was small time. He's You're Justin right. Hammer. I agree with Donnie. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> hey, did you guys see the uh, the Doctor Evil thing on Jimmy Kimmel? Yes. The, I, I was uh, happy to see Mike from, Myers back. From, from Trump's from cabinet. Trump's cabinet. <laughs> from the idea guy. <laughs> yeah, I was pretty pleased with that. So what do we got over here, Katie? Um, uh, We have a small array of things. Um, I Unlike everybody else here i actually didn't get really like or even remotely into sci-fi until very very recently i was always a fantasy kid i was always into stuff like scary stories to tell in the dark i was very spooky from a very young age um uh obviously one that some, i would some might say altogether ooky yeah oh i love that <laughs> family so um 
my big one, obviously, everybody that knows me for more than 10 minutes uh, knows I'm a huge Thomas Harris fan. I have a gigantic red dragon tattoo on my arm. Um, if- some, some might think you're a William Blake fan. Some might think that. Okay. No, but also, yes, William Blake, nice. absolutely. I'm getting like at least two more paintings of him tattooed. Not of him, but his <laughs> paintings tattooed on me. No, there's, um, there's a guy on your shoulder. <laughs> but uh, my favorite out of for those of you that don't know, Thomas Harris wrote all of the Hannibal Lecter books. Um, my favorite by far being uh, Hannibal. It's it's so funny that that's your favorite. This one. is my favorite one. That book it's, is way better than the movie. It is. It is, yeah. but the movie is also very very good. The yeah. thing is, is it's how do we feel about the TV show? <laughs> we don't talk about it. Do you not like it? I hate it oh, with right. everything I have. This is literally a necklace from the Danville TV show because I love it with everything that I have. You and I are. <laughs> you and I, are, I don't know why we're listening. You and I are going to fight in the alley when oh we're done. To your corners. <laughs> to your corners. So, but the thing is, is <laughs> it's <laughs> Tom, nicely done. Thomas Harris is uh, my favorite writer. There's just. Is that the only copy of that book you've ever owned? What the um, hell happened to that thing? I yeah, it looks had, like you've been eating it. I had a. Uh, I had a. John was kind enough to buy me all three of the Hannibal Lecters, and it Four. did not make it through the chewing stage of my German Shepherd puppy. Uh, so this is the only one that made it. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so I my Hannibal. <laughs> I my Hannibal. No, it's there's just this one in particular. All three, but I this love one. That the Hannibal book is chewed on. Yeah. <laughs> like, come on, that's just perfect. <laughs> There's just this uh, beautiful <laughs> romanticism that's absolutely disturbing. It's just the beauty of like Florence and like the weird, really romantic but really disturbing relationship between Clary Starling and Hannibal Lecter, and just the absolute depravity that humanity is capable of with Hannibal Lecter and Mason Verger and all of these horrifying people. It's a case study in Stockholm Syndrome. It's amazing. <laughs> On point. The thing with Thomas <laughs> Harris, though, the thing that I love about him so much is I adore that man, but I'm kind of convinced he has some sociopathic tendencies. No kidding. That's why you write him down. Exactly. <laughs> because <laughs> he will sit there. Man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My favorite thing, because he will, the climax of the book, he will s- sit there and list out everything that happens like he's writing out a grocery list there's no emotion there and it's what makes it the most scary thing about it honestly yeah. i'm pretty frightened of my grocery list too <laughs> they're rough how many times do you write jelly beans on it because there's like 10 on mine <laughs> I, I, Very don't specific. I don't know if i've ever written jelly beans down actually maybe once that's where Homework. you're going wrong. <laughs> right. uh, the other one that I have is a old favorite. This is what I read when I was learning how to read. <laughs> <laughs> to go from one to the other cracks me up. So I'm I, I'm really good at hiding exactly how backwoods podunk trailer trash I am. No, you're not. <laughs> I, I try really hard. Okay. Don't shatter um, the illusion. I I try really um, so anytime I want to go kind of back mentally to the cattle farm, I always picked up uh, Patrick McManus books, <gasps> oh specifically God. Never Sniff a Gift Fish. <laughs> now this is my childhood happening too. Oh, right? yeah. I just think that I, <laughs> this yeah. and Hank the cow dog. We should <sighs> note also that we had a, a long discussion about her sister wife outfit today too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not in a cult, guys. It's not what you. It's. Get you are Kimmy Schmidt. <laughs> <laughs> Unbreakable. I'm Chick Danny McBride. 
Um, so. Oh my God, you're right. I am. <laughs> so, if you guys have, if anybody has never read these books, they're just basically. I don't know how else I would describe it, but like a literary comedian of this guy just telling childhood stories of him living out in the mountains, of just being just a barefoot redheaded stepchild out in the, <laughs> out in the boonies and it's the funniest thing they're such heartwarming stories they're so good um the last one i have is none other than the divine comedy by dante alighieri Ooh. um beautiful copy that my darling husband got me that is um, a beautiful copy i love it so much um <laughs> I was gonna say. when i was 19 this one is actually really specifically special to me because when I was 19, I was a very angry kid. I was very... Um, Shocking. No, 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 but I, I was so like... Why anti- the past I was a 19-year... I was a 19-year-old with inverted cross tattoos and I was so anti-religion and I was so... And I thought I was so hardcore and I thought I was so cool. And I and then you found Drag Race. So and you like, then I found Drag Race. <laughs> no, you were just nineen. Yeah, yeah, I was. I was nineteen, <laughs> and um, but I was like super like anti-religion, like Bleh. and then I started reading the Divine Comedy, and I kind of realized there is this. It's it's a story, and there's a lot of really cool because if you guys don't know, Dante Alighieri got in a lot of trouble for writing this book. Um, Have you ever read The Life of Pi? I haven't. Okay. He, it's it's a story that you can, that can be branched out on, and in a lot of ways that Dante does in this book, it's a beautiful way to do it. Also, I my favorite part about it is very early in the book where you turns out if you commit a damnable sin pertaining to lust, you just live in a terrifying tornado for all of eternity. That's accurate. Which I feel <laughs> they call is, them trailer parks. <laughs> oh. I, Sorry, the tornadoes aren't always there. <laughs> what I find really fascinating about the Divine Comedy is is how many conventions of hell. Mm-hmm. I, I don't mean like Hellcon ninety nine, but <laughs> <laughs> like what we perceive as hell, the devil, mm-hmm. demons, so so much of it comes from that yeah. book. Yeah, you know uh, that in Paradise Lost. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole thing. Is like this book kind of didn't start, but it really did open up the door for people to do their own interpretations, almost secular interpretations of what religion and the afterlife is. I don't remember. Is it Divine Comedy or Paradise Lost, where the devil is a sympathetic character? It's Paradise Lost. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Devil's kind of like a giant asshole in this. Devil's just this gigantic thing that's perpetually crying in a ice chest. Yeah, that's what I said. <laughs> What about you, Trav? Bookwise, what what was early early readings for the Traviolio? I, I, don't, I don't know what books are. <laughs> You're forever going to. I, be I did on that. on the the note of the Divine Comedy. I, I named one of my guitars Virgil. Yep. There you go. <laughs> my my favorite guitar, actually. Yeah. It's my be. favorite guitar of yours too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that guitar. Yeah, so you only funny. read comics in a corner. In a corner. corner? (gasps) Hey. Yeah. (laughs) You do that sometimes? Yeah, I I do do. You said doo doo. (laughs) (laughs) I got Travis to say doo doo. So so we got some comics today, guys. There's a there's a there's a bunch of good ones this week. Some new ones, some some old ones, some returning ones. Um, to kick it all off, the first issue of a newly minted IDW run of Sonic the Hedgehog. 
<laughs> they got it away from Archie finally, huh? Yeah, they did. Well, they they had a falling out. They, oh. uh, there was some. There's uh, their contract was up, and they they decided to go to greener pastures. I does might need does to Sonic meet the Transformers in this? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> give it time. Give them. Give them time. <laughs> Ghostbusters and Ninja Turtles will show up soon too. You guys yep. joke, but it's probably gonna happen. Oh, we're I'm, not. We're not, not joking. Well, <laughs> did, didn't they just announce that they're they're hot? ending Transformers? Really? Uh, uh, I think I I feel like they are gonna relaunch it though. Like they're ending the current IDW run, but it will have. A continuation after that. Oh, no, the l- last thing I read, they were they were unsure whether it was ever going to come back. Oh, okay, okay, that's fair. I'll have to look into that. I hey, might. Yeah, how many times do they do they work so well in a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> I, I may need to pick up that Sonic because I have all the way from issue the original issue one of the Archie. It was the first comic book that I bought after we moved here when I was six. Nice. Oh wow! Yeah, so I remember going into like the Albertsons and Kennewick and just seeing this first issue of the song, and I had every single one up to like fifty. I read them for way too long. Buy it off the old death murder rack that just warped the hell out of your yep. comics. Exactly. <laughs> if you weren't careful, you'd get sucked into it like an escalator. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> totally. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I I, uh, I I didn't ever get to experience the joy of the comic rack. I think the only comic shop that I went into as a kid was the one that was on the other side of the uptown over here. Uh, Cards and comics, something. Uh, Bought my first Spawn comic. Oh, there. oh yeah, it, it became the art studio place. Eventually, yeah. yeah. I can't remember. I had a, I had a first edition holographic Charizard stolen from me in that shop. Oh, oh, that was a, no, it was it horrible. Was, it was in the same place that Nielsen's was ended right, up right. being in. Yeah, Damnable. but yeah, it, it, yeah, it was. That was a weird shop. Yeah, it was. It, it had a little bit of everything, but nothing that you ever needed or wanted. Mm-hmm. Yep, <laughs> yep. Oh, it must be why it's still around. <laughs> uh, moving on with another All Ages one, we got our Rugrats Reptar special. Yeah! R is for Reptar. Uh, and it's just a, it's an anthology of a bunch of different short stories with different artists and stuff on them. But if you if you like Rugrats and don't want to commit to an all, all like a continuating every month, continuating. That's a new one. It's a new one. <laughs> I like it though. A, a, a ongoing series. You can just pick up a special and have fun day? with it. Is continuating. That, it's the English language. You can do what you want. <laughs> the beginning of the continuating of a new comic called Isola <laughs> dropped this week. So What's that called? Isola, I think is how you pronounce it. I S O L A. They've been working on it for like four or five years now, behind the scenes, between projects Can you hold and that things. up one more time? Go ahead and grab it, grab it. It's real pretty. Um, I'm pretty sure that is 15914. Oh, okay. Sure. So look, look for <laughs> something <laughs> called 15914. It's the one with the pretty artwork and the tiger on the cover. Is it, is it really? <laughs> is it really that? Holy crap. <laughs> so... It might be. <laughs> Did we start off the show by saying we were experts? <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's fine. Experts in our opinion. <laughs> so that one is about, it's a, what a is it? self-described as <laughs> gypsy. <laughs> self-described as being like a Miyazaki-esque kind of a story. Um, there's a queen of a land that had been transformed into a tiger and her best... Um, her best uh, royal guard, as it were, is trying to get her back to a place uh, seemingly called 1501A. No, it's, no, it's Isola. Oh, Isola. You're, oh, okay. You're, you're Isola. Saying. All right. <laughs> Just making sure. <laughs> and uh, trying. You. That was convincing, though. <laughs> and uh, trying to uh, somehow get her back into, uh, into human form. And yeah, some glorious artwork in there. It's yeah, pretty it's... and gory and wonderful and stuff. <laughs> and Emily just made a face about it. We don't and know why. Stuff. Some animals are getting hurt. So oh. prepare oh. yourselves, guys. I draw the line. Oh, come on. We were talking about world records. 
Um, so, so yeah, put a pin in that. I want, I want to come back to that. So, so check it out. Um, winding down Dan Slott's run of Amazing Spider-Man, which is called Go Down Swinging. He's a... <laughs> Whipping out the That's the biggest bird I've ever seen. <laughs> big guns. Uh, he's fighting. He's fighting the Green Goblin. It's uh, classic stuff. If you want, uh, if you want a good romping Spider-Man comic, it's is, been. It's is been Osborne good. back as the Goblin yeah. again? Yeah, oh, I thought it was a scroll. Uh, it's a, a this, this is a variant cover. Oh, okay. It's I got you. the regular covers by Alex Ross have been phenomenal, but for some reason we only got the variant of this one. It's so weird. It is. Um, a new uh, Hellboy Koshki, The Deathless, which is telling uh, an obscure backstory of a really weird but uh, literary, uh, heavily based on Russian folklore. Um, it's been a good series. It's been so good. That's weird. That's a bland description, but this comic is phenomenal if you like Hellboy. Um, he's actually telling his own story to Hellboy in a bar in hell. Ooh. Every issue, he's telling more and more of his history, and it's just crazy. Speaking of Alex that. Ross, has he done any actual comic work in the last decade? Not interiors, no. Oh, that's not, too bad. Yeah, a lot of covers, a lot yeah, of covers. Yeah. But no, not that I can think of. Uh, he, in the last 10 years, he did a book called Project Superpowers, and he actually right. did do some of that art, but that yeah. might be pushing 10 years at yeah, this point. Yeah, it's close. <laughs> Talk about that pile of garbage. Speaking of I'm actually I'm kind of okay with moving on, but okay. There's a 300 <laughs> prequel called Xerxes: The Fall of the House of Darius and the Rise of Alexander. Is literally the title of garbage. this comic. Can't stand I, that portrayal of Xerxes. I I agree with you, but explain why it's garbage. Well, it's just I don't know. It's Look just it. it's he's it's the, the beat it at horse until it stops making money. Yep. Kind of what, thing. What, what did yep. we say the other day? It was. Uh, RoboCop three. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you so okay to to give it two seconds. If you do, I mean, it's Frank Miller's artwork in all of its current modern form and doing what it's doing. Um, which, that guy, that guy's very angry. Yeah, look at his yeah, eyes. That guy, that guy. Yeah, <laughs> the the cover Corey, of the next I issue is super. Again. I thought you were talking about Frank Miller, oh, <laughs> which is also yeah. accurate. It's also accurate. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving right along. <laughs> there you go, Frank. <laughs> A triple shot of Batman. Yes. <laughs> we got Batman 44 with Catwoman uh, finding her dress. Uh, however, Catwoman usually finds things. It's you can basically assume. just like a love letter to Catwoman. It really is. Did it you is. see the picture that Tom King tweeted out? Which one? Of, of her standing with the three yeah. mirrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. Did you see that Tom King liked my tweet? I'm very famous now. I saw <laughs> that. That happened to Jen too. It was was Tom don't King? steal yeah. my thunder. Okay, that's <laughs> not a big you moment for me. You and Jen are just going to move on it. without us. Aww. Yeah, mm. <laughs> yeah, you guys are famous. Yep. Yeah, because they're also important. Um, <laughs> Christopher Priest has been writing a Deathstroke comic uh, that is supposed to have been really, really, really good. I don't know. I've, I've read. I read the first trade of it mm -hmm. trade and a half and it is awesome nice. like and i don't read death i've never read a death Row comic a day in my life so the the awesome. elevator pitch for this that i have heard i haven't read it is that it's different than any other superhero comic that dc's putting out right now i don't know why but do you want to look at it oh, okay give me hands. Give me, give me, give me. thank you uh, and in this one he's fighting batman so anyways that's the that's where batman <laughs> comes in on that one <gasps> it's uh, dc batman's here yep yep 
Um, and then the to round out the trilogy of Batman this week, we got the second to last issue of White Knight, and <gasps> things are just getting crazy. Uh, it's this the story itself. There's all I mean, the cover shows a a Joker with his classic white skin, which has not been really present in What's the rest of the series. So um, this Joker design is beautiful. This whole comic <laughs> is just gorgeous. Yep, yep. The artwork is phenomenal. Oh every God, single so issue, good. and it the story has been. It's been unique enough to to really stand on its own in the canon of what or in the extended canon of weird Batman stuff like, going. I on. I love all the Tom King stuff that's happening. But yeah, this is the best Batman story of the year. That's yes. one of the. And best I say that in Catwoman is getting married, time. you guys. <laughs> so, you feel, so I feel that White Knight kind of stole a little bit of Metal's thunder. You know, I reread Metal last night and I loved it. It took a second read oh. and I had a. <laughs> all reading it i so don't even sh- care shut up donnie i don't <laughs> no. care i don't care that most people will probably find it a ball of crazy chaotic mess but the second read through I-, I got the emotional beats that he was trying to go for more i was really sick the first time i read it it was i was under the weather and i felt mm. like crap so i was just kind of the, the pages were just hitting me in the face but You're like, i thought about it more and i listened to last week's episode where it was not very well reviewed after reading it a second time, I would say that it is my favorite event since Blackest Night. Wow. Wow. Ooh, that's a big so, turnaround. But think about it. If you will now go, if you're in Corey's position and hadn't been reading it, reading it in a single book in one sitting and not having to remember from eight months ago what happened in issue number one and why this is all going on, it's yeah. going to be a more cohesive read, especially mm-hmm. with all the extra Batman like one shots. Did you like the tie-ins? I only read they a few They were really, really hit and miss for me. They like, were a bit. There was a couple that... Uh, didn't even make any sense that they were tying it in. It was yeah, like, no, I agree. Not all of them were great. No. So the the single issues where they had like Aqua Batman mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Wonder Batman right. and Wonder Red Man. Yeah. Well, basically each Justice League member became a Batman. Yeah, and even like they had uh, what if well, Doomsday became Batman right. and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Or so yeah. some some of them were really good. Like <laughs> the, I really came liked Aquaman the Aquaman Batman. one, mm. the Aquaman sure, yeah. one. Yeah. That was really strong story, but. Then, like, the Superman one tie-in was just kind of weird. Yeah. When they started getting into the musical instrument thing. <laughs> what? what? So, I missed this. What, well, you know, using using the, you know, I don't know. Oh, Explain what yeah. you're talking about. So it's, what, the Horn of Eternity or something that basically they blow this musical instrument and it starts the apocalypse or if they played on a tune then they get the gong i made no sense i'd like to take the clock back to some older events Mm -hmm. and how ridiculous they are and if we're trying to compare how ridiculous the end of this event was which it was sure we'll just take our cosmic treadmill and go check it out or you know have (laughs) superboy prime punch punch a hole through the source wall with superboy prime and infinite crisis like what is like there's so much absurdity to the dc multiverse events that this this feels right at home to me after reading yeah Like, okay, fair enough. I am going to look forward to reading all of it over again, but I'm going to miss Scott Snyder's excitement yeah, about yeah. it because he was just so giddy about it. He was like, <laughs> he very much I was. am not a person who's built for events. I'm like, there is a lot of plot happening here that yep. I don't care about. <laughs> yeah, that's so. totally fair. <laughs> I'd like to. I was just wanted to throw in that at least somebody uh-huh. at this table enjoyed the end of that story. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I enjoyed the first half of it immensely, I, and, and I'm then not... <laughs> it just started going farther and farther off the rails for me. That I was like, I didn't care, and like I said, White Knight happened sure. in the middle of that. Oh, yeah. And that really took a lot of the steam for me. I was like, yeah, I, I don't care about metal. Just, just give me more White Knight. I, that's totally fair. In the most absolutely respectful way possible, I know Batman is your cash cow, you guys, but you got to chill a little bit. And I hope they do after this event. Yeah. 
But yeah, I, I came away from it realizing that I just witnessed it like kind of a, a train going off of the rails, and then it just kind of it did that, and I was happy where where mm-hmm. it ended in the middle of a town somewhere. I think we're ready for like a big like Superman move with Bendis coming in and everything. Oh. Maybe I, think, mm, I have ho- such a hard time imagining okay. anything exciting happening with Superman ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I like that better when he was Moses. What was what was the last major event solo event for Superman? Dying. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Which is pretty much what it always is. No, serious, but That's we a do good question. hate. It. I don't. I, I don't, do hate it when he dies. I don't Sad. know that he's gotten his own like major DC universe centric event right, that like, was around him like this. I mean, sure, right, like metal. Right. I mean, and I think maybe that was part of the problem I had with this was Batman is not a cosmic being, and they yeah. turned him into something that yeah. you couldn't wrap your head around. That's yeah. Fair. That's fair. So maybe that was part of my problem with it. But I Superman, I don't think he's, other than the death of Superman, when's the last I think major... He's doing really well in Super n- Sons. It's not necessarily mm. him alone, but he is like one of, if not the key character, I think. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my God. Uh-oh, you've awoken Thanos. <laughs> Thanos is booming in. What just happened? It just turned on by itself. That's creepy. <laughs> oh my God, There's a giant terrifying. infinity gauntlet sitting on our table right now, and it's got light up gems, and it just turned itself on. Yeah, just, just levitating to catch him out you up. Turn me on. If it's too. all right, <laughs> if it's all right with you, I'm going to continue. Um, <laughs> um, injustice was Somebody a really big Josh one. Again, Brolin. it 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 wasn't just. No, that's right though. That's that was Superman. Mainly, but it was centered around him. If you haven't read Injustice yet, guys, I'm, it's not a spoiler. But this is the comic yeah. book one, right? Yes. Or yeah. the, the, the video, video game. game. Yeah. It, it ties them together. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's it's really a great comic too. It's yeah. good. It's really good. Basically, it's funny it's that so many of us have read that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I played the game. I didn't. The game no, that's fair. So good. And the comic was solid. I will. I only, I've if seen it issues the same here story, and there. Mm-hmm. It's still lit up. <laughs> um, have you guys noticed all the lights going off and on in here? <laughs> oh no, we're super haunted. <laughs> yeah. No, I was looking around. I'm like, what the? Mm-hmm. Nope. Yep. I've been listening too much. Like last podcast on the left, so I'm just convinced there's just murderers everywhere. <laughs> there are. Dude, that's that's I know. Stop it. You can't do that. <laughs> I know. Oh. <laughs> So we got some birthdays. <gasps> birthdays. Wait, did she brought comics. She did. Oh, oh I just, cool. I really wanted to. I just brought Black Bolt because I really wanted to talk about Black Bolt. It won. It's well, it's nominated for a Hugo Award. Nice. It's like every other amazing comic out there, but it's by Saladin Ahmed, who is going to do the Marvel. Oh, it's, I forgot what the name of it is. It's like it's the one that's going to bring in like alternate versions of characters. So like uh, oh, Tess Thompson's like oh, Valkyries. No, that's DC. No, that's DC. Oh, which yeah. oh, Kelly's Duty Comics going to do. That look, that I'm gonna good. lose my mind, you guys. When does Black Label start? Mm, Summer, September. I don't. Yeah, they haven't. Ex- they because I, I wanted it on my poll list, but I'm not sure how to ask for it since it's so far in advance. <laughs> you got to ask mm-hmm. for it within two months of it coming out. Yeah, yeah. you got to scream about it <laughs> yeah. like I was for Popeye. Thank you, Corey. There you by go. Way. No worries, homie. I'm I got it. About that. It's ordered. Yeah, he, oh. he pre-ordered one for me. So that's yeah. awesome. Oh. I saw I'm it. Stoked on it, that. It looks intense. I'm excited. That Popeye is so cool. It's like uh, halfway between Robin something Williams. Something you and never said before. <laughs> Shut up. You be nice to Baba. <laughs> anyway, um, so Black Bolt uh, by Saladin Ahmed and Christian Ward. Woo. Christian Ward is like one of my favorite it's artists. Ph- he did he did um, Odyssey O D Y C with Matt Fraction a couple mm-hmm. of years back. Um, but this Black Bolt run, it's only twelve issues, so it's gonna be two trades. It is absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. Very, I've never read an Inhuman comic before. Did you watch any of the TV show? No. Okay. No, I've like cut off most of my TV. I'm really proud of myself. He's the one who can't talk, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. And like they deal with that beautifully in this comic. It's it's gorgeous. Um, it it 
Black Bolt has like this wonderful like buddy cop scenario with Crusher Creel of all things, oh the Absorbing Man. Oh no, yeah. no, you will be in love with him. Really? You will be in love with Absorbing Man. Wow. You will weep for him. I never thought anyone would ever say that. I n- no, I didn't think so either. But I mean, all of it. It also had some of the best apology for Secret Empire and darling Captain America, who was just oh my god, that was so horrible. Anyway, <laughs> long story short, I don't want to spoil anything. But Black Bolt, get it. Just buy it. Emily's- you can also buy prints. Um, Christian Ward is selling them right now oh, on his we Twitter. And they're, the they're gorgeous. <laughs> I thought you were talking about the musician too. Oh, who? Prince. Oh, Prince. Yes. No, he's gone. He didn't. He didn't have anything to do with this. No, that's fair. <laughs> Although it'd make a good, his music would make a good soundtrack for this. Ooh. Actually, and the colors are crazy. Oh, the colors are so good. I mean, Christian Ward is just. Oh, I want him to illustrate everything. I have to read that eventually, just because of his artwork oh, alone. You do. You do. It's so good. I just want to see how they get around him not being able to talk. But don't I, tell me. Uh, it's really I was good. I was actually gonna I was thinking about asking you, but oh well. That's my biggest beef with the Inhumans in general is I can't stand Medusa and she does all the talking. <gasps> Fight! No, she is such a read the room. <laughs> no, no, I agree with him. As visually, because visually she's one of the most stunning characters yes, in the comics. She's beautiful, but and her attitude so... because she's royal it just turns me off to, uh, on the character it's just no she has like so the same rude. attitude that like namor has but exactly but i love namor <laughs> he's so bitchy <laughs> i love him to death i get but, medusa and titania but Black confused is supposed to be a sympathetic <laughs> she's in your character mm-hmm. and then you got her and talking for, for her him too. and you don't care about him afterwards because she's such a, a witch <gasps> about the way she portrays him yeah. He's your king, and he said, do this. He didn't say he didn't anything. Say anything. Hey, hey, have you ever been royalty? You don't know what the stress of that could be like. <laughs> you don't know the trials that she faces. Figure it out. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Katie. That was perfect. You're so welcome. So birthdays this week. We've got actually a very Marvel-centric birthday list. We've got Hallie Atwell, who played Peggy Carter. I turns. love her so much. She's, uh, they're supposed to be bringing her back, actually. Mm-hmm. Really? That would mm-hmm. be cool. It's the rumor. She turns 36 this week. Clark, Captain Marvel, right? Yep. Yes. Clark, I'm so excited, you guys. Clark Gregg, who also is going to be in Captain Marvel, I've heard. Yeah, Agent Coulson <laughs> is 56. Uh, Kobe Smulders, sorry. Uh, Agent Maria Hill. From How I Met Your Mother also. Also. 36. Robert Downey Jr., who plays Robert Downey Jr., turns 53. <laughs> Marvel's Very birthday true. this week. <laughs> it's just yes. Michael Fossbender, who plays young Magneto, turns 41. Can you imagine the party, though? Right. Oh, God. Hugo, wow. Hugo Weaving, who played Red oh Skull, turns 58 this week. And some non-Marvel birthdays. We've He's- got... He's also amazing in Priscilla. That's exactly what I was thinking about, too. He's Hugo Weaving. He's amazing (laughs) in everything he does. Um, We got Roger Corman, who turns 92 this week. No way. Uh, Roger Corman. Craig T. Nelson, who I swear has a birthday every other week, but he turns 74 this week. (laughs) I literally thought he was dead. He's (laughs) 74. 74, coach. Isn't he from Spokane? Uh, Yes. What? And Russell Crowe, who's yet to play a Marvel character, turns 54. Let's all thank God for that. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Actually, he's in talks for a character. No! <laughs> but so is John Boyega. That was literally about to bring that up. Um, I just saw Pacific Rim Uprising this so last week. I uh, would not go so good, but okay. I loved it. Um, I love John Boyega <laughs> in that, because that entire movie was carried on his chemistry alone, because the writing and pacing okay, were so absolutely awful, and I, I did not get enough giant robots fighting. There's never enough. There's a gauntlet over there if you want to throw so it. With, 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 <laughs> I'm taking it with a grain of salt. You've seen the, both of them, though, right? Yes. Which were, the first or second was better? First. 
and it was barely watchable. So <gasps> what, dude? Please bite your tongue. You're just. A, I you, get that. What were you're you a, wanting out of it, Donnie? What were you looking for? <laughs> better, uh, better story. Better acting by the Sons of Anarchy guy. Um, <gasps> a cohesive story that makes Donnie. sense. Donnie, Donnie, so. I'm gonna I, have to. I have to switch seats. <laughs> Donnie, I understand that you're our surly old man that he's hates here, everything. He's here and for is just controversial grouchy. opinions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, Charlie Hunnam doesn't actually. He's a very f- good actor, but in that movie, he didn't even need to act. <laughs> yeah, he didn't have to. He could just sit there and watch paint dry, and I would be like, "Yes, I will take two more hours, please." <laughs> also, giant robots, please. I just like the fact that it also looks like Mark they're Hamill. walking on ellipticals the entire time they're fighting. Right? They should be in the gym, just like. Chilling. Dude, their core strength is insane. I love it. Movie's so I just love Donnie. like Real how quick. imaginative and like ambitious Pacific Rim is. It's so good. I have to put I have to put out an, an editorial addendum <laughs> to a story that was told uh, a few weeks ago. Hmm. Uh, there was a story about a found baby <laughs> on the ground. Oh yes. What? And yeah. really, you didn't yeah. you weren't here for that? No, yeah. No. So maybe I blocked it. That story. <laughs> that be raining babies. My my <laughs> wife was with me. When all of that went down, and, oh, when, yeah. and when I told the story, apparently I said I a bunch as opposed to we, Oh, and she listened to the podcast the other day, and I'm sitting with my headphones on, working on a Gundam at my desk, and I turn, and she's just standing in the middle of the stairs staring at me, <laughs> and she was like, you completely deleted me from that entire story, Aww. and I did not mean to, so I'm sorry, honey, I love you. What? A woman was erased from a story? Not on purpose. <laughs> oh, the gauntlet has been thrown. <laughs> I'm so I'm glad you're here. Snap. I love you. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> had to be said. I'm not. Well, no, <laughs> just no it, it, but the thing was, is after the the newspaper article thing that the they confused my stories of first wife, second wife, oh, and God. just referred to them as my wife through the whole time. Oh, no. So then I had this experience. Um, so they have so my wife's my wife's put. <laughs> well, one of them does. The other one's dead. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. Again. <laughs> oh, she made the same mistake I've done twice already today. <laughs> yeah, welcome to the embarrassing sticking your foot in your mouth camp. It's all good. No worries about it. It's a comfy place. This will be my last episode. It has been oh. wonderful. <laughs> It's okay, you killed Katie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, you don't have to fight outside afterwards. That's probably good since we're going to fight about cannibals. <laughs> what? Just going to tie one arm behind each of you and give you one the, knife to fight over. The purple gym is pulsating. Yeah, that Dude, it's so haunted. <laughs> yeah, there's something in that glove there, buddy. Dude, it's, it's mesmerizing. It really is. That's... Oh. I love that thing. <laughs> Hey, did we ever... Sorry, not to go to Conspiracy Corner here. We need a song for that, too. <gasps> what happened with the ghost? In I my want, house? Is there any more? Nothing else. Oh, can dude, we, that thing can we so have cool. a little bit of context for the listeners, please? No. That's the podcast thread, guys. There we was talk a, there amongst was a, ourselves. I picked up my phone to, to look at something, and the camera was on, and it was facing me, which happens all the time. And over my shoulder was this really weird light like behind me and no idea what was going on with it. It was no possible way for it to come anywhere. So I reached down and hit record to record the video and I got about two frames recorded and my phone rebooted. (laughs) And by the time I got it back on, it was gone. I was ready to grab every bit of technology I had and just (laughs) turn it all on and come over to your house and strap it myself and be like, all right, we're going to find this thing. Um, I, I apparently on my phone this morning, because I thought of you, 
There is this seven second video on my phone and it's just darkness. Sometime in the middle of the night, the only thing you can hear is like my cat snoring, <laughs> which just sounds like like constant farts. He is fat. <laughs> and I can't figure out if somehow he got the phone, like the camera to turn on or not. Or, you know, murderers yeah. were in my house doing recon. Dude, you gotta stop listening to the I podcast. know, but like I live alone, so I'm just like every time like the lights like flicker, I'm like, who is it? Listen to Welcome to Night Vale. That'll make you feel better. Yeah, no, oh, not- yeah. All hail the glow cloud. <laughs> Also, they have a really, they have a really good um, store for Welcome to Night Vale. They really do. good T-shirts, oh, and yeah. socks. Mm-hmm. Say creepy on the butt. On the butt. Yeah. My and their fa- Twitter feed's amazing. My favorite T-shirt Instead ever. Of I think comes from there, and <laughs> mm-hmm. it just says "Death creepy is only the, on the end." Butt. If you yeah. think yeah. you're the main star of the story. <laughs> oh, I've seen that one. I bought one that says "Manic uh, Pixie Dream Tarantula." Mm, that's a good one. <laughs> I love it so much. Well, you know, one last birthday, guys, before we wrap up. I spaced it last oh, week. Oh, yes, I'm so you sorry. did. Yeah. Greg, from the podcast. What, Greg? Sorry, Greg. Yeah, happy birthday. Sorry, happy birthday. Happy birthday, Greg. Birthday, Greg. Yeah, I got this back to the, the big house one, wasn't just it? lost it. <laughs> no, well. he's still with us. <laughs> 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 not the big one, Margaret. <laughs> I'm not going to out him in his age, but yeah, it was a big one. So here's, here's one for him. I love you. And I miss you. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> we miss you, Greg. <laughs> we miss you, Greg. And with Very that, much. Travis? <laughs> yep. You did it. You nailed it. Yeah, silence. You nailed it. <laughs> Thanks um, for coming, Katie. Thank you for having me. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> No thanks they're for gonna, Emily. They're going to start squaring off. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Emily. Apparently I've offended Emily. <laughs> <laughs> um, we need to talk about all of the Thors and all of the rebooted like Captain Americas. That's going to be next week's After Dark uh, episode. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to get <laughs> rowdy. <laughs> Indiana Jones. Mm-hmm. Let's do it. About it. So, so how do people find the After Darks? <gasps> oh, that's a great question. So, it's <laughs> <laughs> thank you for asking. So, uh, you can smooth, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> give us, give us a look up on Patreon. Uh, Patreon subscribers can get uh, the new, as they are dubbed, uh, AU Radio Unfiltered, uh, as opposed to After Dark, because our one After Dark was filthy. <laughs> yeah, it was. <laughs> and so, Unfiltered, we're gonna keep the topics going but we'll see what happens it's uh, no holds barred uh, but you can follow us on patreon just look up uh, au radio or adventures underground it'll lead you to it um, if you want to get a hold of us it's podcast at at wunderground.com adv underground.com um, follow us on instagram uh, twitter facebook uh, all your basic social medias and reach out and talk to us so we know that somebody is listening to this. <laughs> anybody, <laughs> somebody. Lunacy. We need more commentary than just Ian and Katie fighting. Right. Uh, <laughs> we were good this week. Shut <laughs> up. That's true. <laughs> That's very true. You guys flipped each other to the finger at least three different occasions. <laughs> that was all her. Well, yeah. But One was the big gauntlet. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, Ian, thanks for showing up as usual. I'm happy to be here. Great. Thanks, Don. Hey, George. I got a towel. And it's still clean. <laughs> you yeah. zarking fruit. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Mr. Dunbar? 
And thank you, Donnie. Well, thank you for having me. With that, we are out of here. Nothing can kill the Grimace. You've been listening to AU Radio. Music is provided by Cubby and Bensound.com. Views expressed do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of Adventures Underground. AU Radio is a production of Adventures Underground and G Wiz Multimedia Productions. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved.